It's good. Okay, well, this is awkward. And <laughs> hi to anybody that doesn't think, think it's, it's, oh my God, I can't speak. Holy fuck. Anyway, um, this is a special Mop Boys podcast because um, it's just me and Bailey. And we wanted to talk about metal because we can't do that a lot with Josh and Cooper. So we're branching out. We're branching out the horizon and we are setting sail onto our own venture. And that is the Heavy Boys podcast. Um, it's just a placeholder name. We haven't come up with anything better than that yet, but I think that kind of will suffice for the time being. I'm Brody, and this is Bailey. Hi. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Mate, I'm I'm always fucking good, especially when we get to talk about <laughs> oh, some, some heavy some, shit. Some tasty jams, boy. Some tasty oh. jams. And finally, too, man. I know, so good been... to finally be able to just fucking get it all out you know uh, and just for future releases and stuff too man like to actually be able to go into detail about the things we want to talk about as well whereas only uh i feel like on the other one we kind of limited the others don't really care so we kind of just punch it out as quickly as possible so it's gonna be yeah, nice to be able to go in depth and especially because the only times we actually really get to do the metal stuff is during album swap because we can't really mm. get them to be like listening to yes. this shit <laughs> like even even like clipping when i submitted that into the group chat for us to all have a look at i already knew that, that was just going to be so hard for those two yeah and it was mm. so thankfully thankfully this is our opportunity to fucking let it oh, all yeah. out yeah and i think i think the fucking first place to start is is probably probably our own music tastes especially in in the metal genre i feel like we kind of already know how we operate in terms of like other music. Mm-hmm. So if you want to start us off, Bailey, what a, what a let, name, maybe five of your favorite bands. Yeah. So I, I might, I might not go five favorite. I might go kind of in chronological order of like how my taste in this metal sort of world began. Like it full on just started out little wee scene kid straight up. Like oh, this will take one place, but ask Alexandria, the Stand Up and Scream album, hmm. and then Bring Me the Horizon, Suicide Season. I think, like that was kind of like where I sort of started, really getting into metal. Like before that was like Linkin Park, Metallica, whatever Mum and Dad had on at home. But like more or less for my own kind of personal development, that was kind of where it started. And then, for probably. A month later, I discovered Before I Forget by Slipknot and that Volume 3 album. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I don't know if heavier is the word, but sort of in a different direction. And then it was messing around with that sort of sound for a while, going into Australian metalcore bands like In Hearts Wake, Parkway Drive, The Amity Affliction, that sort of sound of metalcore not like your more traditional kill switch or anything eventually got around to stuff like that but i'd say kind of the next i guess step would have been into i don't know i think it might have been when you showed me that is murder um oh yeah i don't know that might have been 2013 yeah i think i don't think it was 2012 when it came out i think it might have been a bit later so 2013 the hate album yeah, and that was, it was my it was first introduction yeah. to deathcore, death-esque type music. And it honestly, to begin with, the first time you showed it to me, I was kind of a bit like, 
hold up, take a step back. This is a bit intense. I, it didn't click straight away. Like it was so brutal and it's not like anything I'd heard before. Like I heard Pray for Plagues by Bring the Horizon. Like that was cool, but it was still more that kind of scene, Ollie, super high screams over the whole thing. And then to hear CJ just bellowing out these beastly lows was something else I thought. And, oh. and then that kind of went on that little tangent. And honestly, like, until maybe this year, I reckon it's been that metalcore, deathcore sort of sound I've been vibing with. That's kind of me. And then I know this year I've tried to branch it out. I've gone into a lot more hardcore. I've found like I always liked Kubla Khan, Knocked Loose, but that was probably the only real straight up hardcore I'd listened to. Um, this year I found counterparts. Like I'd known of them, but finally got into them this year <laughs> and, um, so it's kind of been on that little hardcore tangent at the moment and a bit of death metal too i think black dahlia would have to be straight up my favorite death metal band they do it so consistently yeah just and so that's the best perfect thing. like that every release by them is good it's just on varying levels like i don't think you can compare it to the rest of the death death metal community you just yeah. got to compare them for themselves I don't know that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. So more of a timeline rather than my favorite albums or artists. Fuck. <clears throat> Good start. Th- th- throw, like a bit, throw a bit of pop punk in there too, if you want. Uh, pop, punk will get fucked. pop punk. <laughs> pop punk will get fucked. Fucking hmm. yeah, I mean, like my, my journey in metal is pretty much the same really. Yeah. I think, um, I think my first introduction into it was was Slipknot and mm-hmm. Disturbed. Yeah. Um, I think that was when I was first like really introduced into metal. I mean, like I was listening to you know like Metallica, Metallica that sort of stuff. The yeah. Big Four, fucking. Um, there were a bunch of other fucking like old school hardcore bands that Dad was into, and I mean, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm not about you know, like the, the hardcore punk type thing. So when I got to a, like when I got to a good enough age to be able to start like branching out, finding my own type of music, it ended up being Parkway Drive, Amity Affliction. And that was mostly just because they popped up on Rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, early, like in the fucking mornings, like 11 o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know who was on, but they were just blasting metal yeah. for ages. Mum hated it. Um, and then from there it was like you're asking alexandria's and i think that whole crab was, core scene sort of thing i think we were a bit late for the myspace death call we yeah. kind of got caught up in more the crab core stuff attack I attacks very late to the to the myspace yeah. thing. i missed out on all of it yeah um and even when i did get around to crab core especially like the attack attack era <laughs> of crab core i got around to it just as the band broke up so I mean, like, even listening to Attack Attack now, it's just like, dude, I fucking missed out on yeah. a whole portion of just fucking, like, anthems. And <laughs> yeah. 100%. Even scene, I feel like, like that with all of it. Oh, 100%. Like, even the scene, like, the crab core scene is still so <laughs> fucking, like, hyperactive. Yeah. Like, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for my girlfriend, like, reminding me, all, like, once every month that there's just so much happening in that scene, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> 
Um, just a shame that half the bands in that genre are shit. Mm. But <laughs> but I mean, like you could um, even throw like early on of Mice and Men in there in that sort of almost crab core adjacent sound as well. Yeah, you, you can get scene. away with doing yeah. it. I think, especially the early stuff before mm-hmm. anything before restoring. Yeah, could easily go into that fucking pre butt rock core. era. Oh, don't get me started on fucking <laughs> butt rock of mice and men. Holy shit! <laughs> now it was really funny too because I fucking watched a, a punk rock NBA on like mm. bands that changed their style. Yeah, that one he that. like dropped last week or whatever. Oh my fucking god! As soon as he did the of mice and men, yeah, mention, I was like, bro, it's so legit. Yeah, there was like two or three albums in between, just... like the really good ones where it's like, yeah. oh, fucking just butt rock radio <laughs> fucking yeah, dude. music. So, like, I think back to 2013 when it was, like, getting out of metalcore, ventured more into deathcore, found, like... Became a brutal kid with two O's. (laughs) Dude. Two zeros, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, like, Thy Art is Murder, Acacia Strain. Once I found Dillinger Escape Plan, fucking life changed big time for me. I think 2013 was when um, one of us is the killer dropped. And I mean, I'd, I'd heard of them before that point, like Ironworks in 2007 was one of the albums that I had attempted to listen to, but they were just too much for me at the time. At the like, time I, was yeah. only, I was only just wrapping my head around fucking Slipknot for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, and yeah, that pretty much is just set up where I'm at now with, heavy music it's honestly just deathcore slam mm. fucking like beat down hardcore if it's on anything less than six strings i fucking screw my nose up you mean less than <laughs> Most, seven yeah sorry less than seven because <laughs> anything less than six is just a fucking bass <laughs> <laughs> um yeah anything less than seven is pretty much just fucking screw the nose up and wait mm. and see if they have anything heavier in a lower tuning <laughs> but I mean, I, I still get around the metalcore sound now. It's cool, like you explained in one of the podcasts that we did earlier. Like how hip hop is kind of pretty stagnant. I feel like metalcore is the same. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's, everyone just sounds the same. And if it's yeah. not seven string plus guitars, it's sounding like architects. And if you're not, I was about like to say, seven string guitars. Architects. Like all architects, but core at the moment, I find like in the in the mainstream metalcore, like you still get a lot of cool other smaller metalcore bands that aren't a part of that same sort of Polaris architects, that sort of sound, like super super trying to be genty, but not not genty. That they can't gent. It, do, it doesn't gen. <laughs> they don't gen. They didn't and it know doesn't fuck. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking allowed. The chastity belt is on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like yeah, hundred percent. It is super stale. Um, r- not a lot coming out from the metalcore community that is grabbing me. I think the main thing from this year was that Currents album. I f- yes. I loved that album, and I did find something earlier i remember it was in lockdown and this actually came up for me on an ad on instagram um Mm. it was an ep i'm pretty certain they're australian um it's the ep is called witching hour by here lies 
uh, Titania. I found that was really cool. It was a bit more heavier than your typical metalcore. Like I had a bit of deathcore in there. Like I found that Currents album had a little bit, like they would go straight into blast with just super low guttural type vocals. So it's not even like that straight up metalcore. And I think that's maybe why I enjoyed it a bit more than what else was coming out. Like I don't think I've really gone back to the Polaris album earlier this year. I didn't really enjoy that Architect song that came out recently either. Yeah, no, and it's, it's fucking... I honestly just had a fucking mind blank of what band you just mentioned before Architects. So I was going to... Oh, Polaris. Yeah. I was going to say, man, like, for, for me, when I heard Dichotomy in 2013, I think it was the same mm. year that fucking Thy Art, I found Thy Art, and that EP fucked so mm-hmm. hard. And then a couple of years later, I see them opening for Periphery. They hadn't even <laughs> dropped the Mortal Coil. Yeah, not even yet. Yeah, yeah. That and was a good album, though. That was a fucking stonking album, dude. And I mm-hmm. will argue to everyone about that album. I reckon that has to be one of the best albums released in, in the previous decade. Has to yeah. be. It, it has to be. <laughs> for such a fucking young band. Yeah, young new band. Straight just out come of the and shred it. And just fucking dominate from the get-go and it wasn't just like 11 songs where they were finding their fucking footing they no, already it found was... it they, they planted it directly yeah. in the fucking ground six feet deep every... straight to everyone else's head everyone fucking know man and then that it, that album was just so disappointing yeah but i feel like especially with the metalcore bands if you if you if you really succeeded on the first album albums two three and four Mm-hmm. fucking weird mm-hmm. to kind of like adjust to and i'll even say the same for like in hearts wake and north lane mm-hmm. i think we can i think we can all like we can both agree here that after singularity north lane was never the same i mean no. argue the fact that adrian left <laughs> that really changes the dynamic but even in hearts wake once they had dropped sky dancer you could kind yeah, of see they were changing they were they were going down a completely different fucking route. And then I guess that kind of brings into the, you know, the whole butt rock type fucking metal core, like these bands so popular, just going ahead and fucking throwing all their talent straight down the fucking drain. Yep. It's so disappointing. Cause like even, um, I know you weren't so keen to listen to in hearts wake when it dropped. Cause it, I mean, we were pretty, back and forth about the singles. Yeah. And um, like, even that was just fucking disappointing. Like, I don't even think Evan was using a seven the entire time. <laughs> like the guitars just didn't sound anywhere near as chunky. They kind of sounded a little washed. And I don't know. I, I know they've got a bass guitarist, but they just don't mix him high enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no oomph about it really. Like the guitars need sound like they need to be down tuned. The bass needs to be higher. Yeah, it, I think that's and, not really even the sound they're going for. Yeah, I mean they like they stopped going for that sound. I mean, Sky Straight Dancer was still. Aft. They did have heavy tracks on there, but like I feel like the overall sound of the album, they were still going for the what they pretty much sound like now. Yeah, legit, and I mean, good for them. Like they're yeah, still do what makes you happy, but. Else. And same with Northlane, but I can't, mm. I can't support Northlane. I can't support In Hearts Wake anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, because they also set the bar pretty high. In oh, yeah. Metalcore sort of, like, atmosphere. Because yeah. I remember as well, 
Like they got Maybe big really quickly. Very fucking quickly. Well, at least like over think- here in Australia. Like I remember watching a few of like their shows from like the Vans Warped Tour on YouTube and they they had maybe 40 people there with watching. But over here, they're selling out venues. Like every yeah, show legit. sold out. Three tours a year doing regional tours. All sold out. Like they blew up. Like that and that's, that's our metalcore scene though. Mm-hmm. Like we have like a band that'll fucking blow up and then just yeah. like pave, like to pave the way for everybody else to go and do the same thing. Polaris. I would almost argue that if it wasn't for fucking Parkway Drive <laughs> going ahead yeah. and dropping fucking Aya in mm-hmm. 2015, we wouldn't have had Node. We wouldn't have had fucking like Skydancer and Ark. <laughs> we, yeah. we would have had like solid fucking albums. But Parkway proved, in especially in the Australian sphere, that you can change. You can change it up and still be super fucking relevant. Like even yeah. today. Oh, Parkway Drive now is a thousand festivals. times more relevant than mm-hmm. what they've ever been in their fucking life. Yep. And they're playing worse music, arguably they're <laughs> playing worse music today than what they were back in 2010. Yep. Even prior to 2010, man. Oh, but yeah, 100%. Oh. But yeah, there is that one band that pretty much just gains all the traction and leads the way. I'd feel like, yeah, went Parkway, you could argue Amity were there too, then went to Inhart's Wake and North Lane. I feel like now we're at Polaris and we're almost seeing Alpha Wolf do the same thing. They're getting huge now as well. I remember I went and saw Polaris at the start of the year, right before lockdown, and Alpha Wolf were the very first open. And I remember getting there maybe 20 minutes before doors and the line was the entire block back. I got in maybe halfway through the Alpha Wolf set. And like after that, pretty much everyone dispersed for a while. Where did you see them when Aiden was still in the band? <sighs> or was this after? Because it was for Polaris. Well, this was this year. I've seen Alpha Wolf a couple of times. Mm. I think I had seen them with Aiden, but I don't know if I was really watching because I hadn't known a lot about the band. And then I remember seeing them with um What's his name? The new guy. Um, is, it, right. is it Lachlan? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Lockie. Right, kind of as he was taking over and they hadn't released the first single with him yet, whether it was Black Mamba. I think that was maybe the first song they did with him. It was. They, yeah, they debuted that song opening for Thy Is Murder up at um, Ocean Street. So that's when I saw him. And that's pretty much sort of what I know them as. Because I, I think I've seen them three times with him. Yeah, interesting. Because mm. like I think I, I remember seeing them with Aiden, and they were at that was at Nooseville. Yeah, with Art again as well. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, I think they were. I don't. I don't think they opened because I think Cursed Earth played yeah. before them. Yeah, Cursed Earth, Alpha Wolf. Yeah. And no, sorry, it was Deadlights, Cursed Earth, Alpha Wolf. Okay, mm. that's how that's yeah. how it went, and I don't, I, I could never understand why Alpha Wolf was so high at the fucking bill because <laughs> Aiden sucked ass, right? Yeah, and all of the hype had already come through before with fucking Cursed Earth. Like the only thing that happened at the fucking um at the part at the Alpha Wolf part of the show was a fu- was a just fucking started out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I, out of the corner of my eye, I see some fucking body just drop straight to the ground. 
And then there's just like seven bodies like piled on top of each other. Then security guards come jump on to make it like 15. <laughs> and then like there's people like swinging at each other and fucking mm. seckies are getting dragged out. Fucking that was just crazy. And that probably the best part of that part of the show <laughs> because Alf Wolf just fucking sucked. I feel yeah, like I don't know um, what it is about him, man. He just he can't do dude. it live. He runs out of stamina. He gets tired really quickly, and then we'll just hand the mic to the crowd, sing the rest. His stage presence was mm. fucking terrible, bro. And back to the whole thing where he was like in the microphone. He literally had a dude backstage who fucking came out and did like three no. full songs for him. Jesus. What do you mean, Lockie? No, 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 Aiden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank fuck. I've, yeah, seen, no, I've had... watched a lot of stuff for his um, dealer shows. And like, even when I saw Dealer open for Die Art um, last, end of last year, it was, it was yeah. the same. It was just too tired too quickly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about him. He, he just can't keep it up. Whether he just, yeah, I don't know. The shame is able to match those fucking kids in that period of time, but you know, what's <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> fucking just moved right past that. Um, now I, I, I don't really remember what fucking first album I bought that was metal, but because I kind of want to just throw something out there while I think about my first metal album. Hmm. I think Mark. it was, I think it was Audio Slave. Yeah. I think it was Revelations. And that was, I bought that CD from fucking Kmart. It was $18. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I fucking bumped the shit out of that album so hard. <laughs> I think that was right around the time when mum um, and dad, well, mostly mum, had blasted enough sound garden through the fucking yeah. house. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of just Black knew what, what Chris Cornell sounded like. <laughs> so when Audio Slave popped up on Rage one morning, I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Oh, it's that bald guy from Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and then, you know, a little bit of digging on the fucking dial-up web. Found the album. Uh. And fucking... I've jammed that for so long. I think I've still got the physical copy somewhere at home. Mm. But eighteen fucking dollars. Like I went went down the road this morning to go and get some shit from Woolies, and there's a fucking record store, dude. The new Deftones album is twenty eight fucking dollars. CD or vinyl? CD. Oh gee whiz. The vinyl's fucking seventy eight bucks. Bro. What? Like what the fuck, oh, man? My. Like. <laughs> Oh my! I'm, I'm, I want the physical copy, but I don't want it that fucking bad. No, gee whiz! <laughs> like holy shit! You go serious? Buy, go buy a blank disc and burn it onto that, bro. I, I <laughs> fucking thought about it, eh? Like, well, it makes me so grateful that I just buy albums digitally now. Because mm. the most I'll spend on an album is like twenty one dollars. <throat> oh, pardon me. Oh, actually. The first metal album I physically bought was um, Periphery, Periphery One. Oh well, wow. Periphery One. That was the very first metal CD I bought, um, and that was fucking like 2014, 2015. Yeah. And I had to fucking wait weeks for that. <laughs> I waited weeks because they just don't have no yeah like, copies of Periphery sitting, just sitting around. around. Yeah. 
I mean, it'd be nice if they did, but they don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, periphery one, and that that was fucking that was twenty five dollars because I had to get it ordered in. Yeah, but yeah, fuck. I don't think I really bought many albums besides that. It was just Utard. Yeah, fair. The old pirating days. <laughs> I fucking love pirate days <laughs> so much. Fuck me. No, I thought it was still active the other day when I was at home. So I went to try and download something and I fucking downloaded a virus. Yeah, dude. It, I think it got proper shut <laughs> down a while ago. Like, I don't even, like, it didn't even look like the real Pirate Bay, but I just went, fuck it, dude. No. <laughs> that computer's fucking bricked. Mum's not happy. <laughs> but, um, what would your first album have been? Because I know you you were pretty big Slipknot, into buying volume CDs. Three. Yeah. It was Slipknot. I remember I got it from Damn. the Sanity at Maroochydore. Went, I was on school holidays and mum was at work and she worked right across from my, the plaza. So I went across and bought it. Then I went and sat in the car and listened to it. Waited for was it to finish the, work. Was that the deluxe or was that the, the normal one? I think it was just the normal one. Because I remember uh, you've got the deluxe. Oh, is no. it volume three or is it? I've, got, an, I've got antennas to hell. Oh, okay. So that came with the live CD, the normal CD compilation, and then the live DVD, I think, as well. Yeah. But I already had the DVD too from their download set in 2009. Was that the Disaster Pieces one? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Dude, that's... No, this was a separate one. So the Disaster Pieces was before this, and then this was like essentially their greatest hits, and they just named it Antennas to Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck. Because I was thinking, oh, for one reason or another, I was thinking that fucking that Iowa DVD they did. That was so fucking good, man. Mm. Pig, pig, Slipknot, dude. Yeah, dude. Fucking. Oh, that's a raw. That's a real fucking right there. <laughs> but what would also be? I mean, I don't know whether you've bought many albums since. But I what would be the? Time. What would be the one album you hold up the highest? Like you look at that album, you go, "Fucking glad I spent that much money on that." Ah, oh, I see. I don't even remember what I've bought. Hey, I know. <laughs> Just fucking throwing money at everything. Dude, yeah. Like I used to finish refereeing rugby on the weekend, and I would go straight from the football fields to the shops and buy CDs. Um, Shogun by Trivium would have to be up there. Oh. Um, huge. I think I had three of the triviums I had in waves: Shogun and Ascendancy. You did all three. I remember um, those. I'm just trying to think. Nothing's really jumping out to me. Hey, like I haven't gone and looked at that CD collection in so long. Um, Sempaternal, Bring Me the Horizon. I remember seeing them at Soundwave maybe two months before the album dropped and I made mum drive me to the shops the day it released to go buy it. <laughs> Otherwise, I remember buying both Atlas by Parkway Drive and Chasing Ghosts by Amity Affliction on the same day. So yep. I think those ones would probably have to be like the most monumental. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember also yeah, seeing like the reason getting Chasing Ghosts and Atlas at the same time was like, you said you watch Rage, I remember. MTV had this program late. I think it was on a Wednesday night. I remember seeing the video for Chasing Ghosts and the video for Dark Days one after the other and pretty much shitting my pants. I was so just taken back by it. And that was kind of like 
listening to Slipknot at the time, Chelsea, um, Bring Me the Horizon, Chelsea, uh, Suicide Season, and then hearing those. Yeah, thinking Chelsea like, smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but yeah, that was like the big next step, I reckon, was hearing those, seeing those two videos one after the other and being like, whoa. And having to go buy the albums. I, I think mine would have to be if there's any one album that I remember just being stupidly fucking excited for, it was Periphery 4. Mm. And like, bit, like, I'm like, no, there's no other way to describe it. I'm a fucking huge Periphery stand. Like, I remember listening to the fucking demos downloaded from Pirate Bay. I remember mm. listening to the fucking to the very first album when they had Chris Barreto. Yeah, and fucking um, like the OG recording of it. Yeah, like the fucking before Spencer come in yeah. and decided he he wanted to just re-record all of the vocals mm. because he, you know, like there's no no point in him being in the band and like him pushing someone else's vocals. Like, hey guys, I'm in this new band. Listen to it. I'm actually not on the album, but yeah, listen to it. Yeah, listen to me perform someone else's song for an entire <laughs> fucking hour. Um, and when that album was coming out, um, it had leaked. I remember we were talking about it. And it leaked on YouTube like a couple of hours mm. before. No, sorry, a whole week before the album was supposed yeah. to come out. The whole thing leaked. And then Periphery would just like, fuck it, dude. Have the whole <laughs> thing in full quality. Like yeah. the best quality in the world. I fucking spent... 18 12 or 18 dollars on the fucking youtube membership for the one week to listen <laughs> yeah. to that album then i bought the digital copy of that album which was 18.99 then i went and fucking bought the physical copy of the album which was 24.99 such a good album though bro fuck such a That's- good album that isn't one of the best fucking albums released mm. last year I am going to fucking cry about it. That's Although what I, I remember. I think I ended up having it lower than Bonnie Ver last year. You so did, yeah. Fucking, my brain's in my ass. However, that album fucked so hard. Yeah, because I remember Infinite Annihilator saw that and then decided, like, we're just going to release the album on YouTube straight away. Like, because of that whole Australia getting everything first. They just were like, we'll yeah, put it on we YouTube. Do, like, like that. Yeah, we're just going to put it on YouTube straight away. Everyone can listen to it that way, and then it will just come to your streaming platform as it normally would. But you can just still stream it on YouTube, bro. Fucking um, did you end up buying Battle of Yeldabroth? No, I didn't. It went to full price. No, bro. I I picked that album up for seven ninety nine. Oh wow! Well, physical, no, fucking digital. Oh, yeah. The pre order for it was like seven ninety nine. That's not and bad. I was like, Fuck, dude. I fucking put the money on it and they didn't charge me any more than that. I was like, you serious? Get fucked. <laughs> One of the best fucking $8 ever spent. Yeah. In my life. That's such a good album. Holy shit. I could fucking rattle on about that yeah. thing for fucking ages. But I feel like we should probably go on to the next thing. And that would be drum roll, please. What was your first metal show? Because hmm. I can tell you right now, mine was fucking. I think Amity played before Parkway at Kiwana, and that was no. It was even before that. It was fucking um. What was that underage festival Live that we up. went to? 
live it up. Yeah, that mine's was the probably first the same. like metal like thing that I went to. Scene, yeah. And it was in Hearts Wake, Wake and Parkway Drive. Violent Soho in between them too. Yeah. Which I mean, I was already listening cool to Violent at Soho at the time. And I think after that that festival itself, I stopped listening to them because the fucking crowd for them was just horrible. <laughs> Like how it was a fucking yeah. bunch of like under 18s like moving around this much to this shit. It was so fucking annoying. Like there were people moving less yeah. to fucking In more like bigger bands yeah. and more enjoyable bands than fucking these guys. But that's the way it's always been with them. But like even now oh, when we, I saw them play at Good Things, they still had a way bigger crowd than other bands that deserved those crowds like Trivium. Oh, no. and the so fact the that Ryan and Soho were on so late compared to Trivium yeah true but like things with like a band like Trivium is like they always put them early on in the fucking day mm-hmm. and I can understand like Trivium being put on early in the day because you kind of want one of the bigger bands yeah. to kind of set the fucking pace and put it up there but I've always considered Trivium to be pretty close to a headliner so why yeah. you give them 40 minutes at the start of the fucking day mm-hmm. never at makes sense to me. two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. Dude. Give them a five fuck. o'clock slot at and, least. And give them, give them a fucking hour. Carnival got an hour. Yeah. If Carnival gets an hour, give them motherfuckers <laughs> an hour. Yeah. Trivium is perfect. Although, yeah. right, you, we can't argue that it was fucking awesome literally just going from Trivium straight across to Veronica's. <laughs> you mean Veronica's to Trivium? Oh, bro, I was so drunk that day. I got no idea what was yeah. going on. Finish up Veronica's straight to Trivium. Oh, we did. I remember yeah. that because we literally collapsed in the wall of death. We walked yeah. out the back. I'm like, yep, <laughs> straight to the fucking tents. <laughs> and then we waited. <laughs> Just waited for Trivium to start up. Oh, that was Trivium was so good, though. I easily top five, the best live bands. They are fantastic live. They crush it every time. Hayfi is the man. He his stage present is top tier. So I think that's the only time I've seen Trivium. I think well, that's I think my that second is. time I saw them at uh, Soundwave in 2014, right after Vengeance Falls dropped, and they were sick then too. Yeah, they would have been. Hayfi they played. They, they been played just before. Hayfi he blew, blew his voice. Yeah. Too. So he was doing yeah. them gnarly screams live. It was right after Guar played and everyone was like walking around covered in like red dye (laughs) when they cut off Tony Abbott's head and were shooting blood out of their dicks. Ah, fuck. I saw the videos for that, man. That was, that looked so (laughs) fucking wild. Right after that. Was that the same sound wave where Die Art were like, everybody jumped the fucking stage? Um, Was that that the year after? No, I think that was the same year. That was my second one. (laughs) I, and I then, like, they that. got banned from the festival. They weren't allowed yeah. to play again. Yeah, they, they got banned from the festival and fucking Twitter blew up with yeah. fuck AJ and fuck yeah. Soundwave. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up making it back on the lineup, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think that one ended up getting cancelled. Yeah, I it was think like it the did. One that, that was like the Bring Me the Horizon Disturbed headliner one. It was, it was, because that was the year, and that was the year too. The Bringing Horizon, they were, they were getting asked, like, are you excited for Soundwave? And they're like, if it happens. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck does that even mean? And that was before Soundwave was even cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
They, well, AJ probably still owed them money from when they played in 2013. That's probably why they already knew. Fucking hell. Well, I mean, <laughs> but at that point, who who didn't AJ owe money to? Oh, legit, like, fuck man. me. How do you owe like $10 million to Smashing Pumpkins? They don't even, they're not even fucking, not even worth $10 million. He owed Metallica <laughs> so much money too, I remember. And Slipknot too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were pretty close to 20 mil for mm-hmm. Slipknot. Metallica got 30. I don't know how much of it they actually got paid, though. And fucking AJ, bro. Mm-hmm. Fucking AJ. At least we have good thing. Oh. <laughs> At least we have Unify. Uh, 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 <laughs> but still, yeah, nothing really compares to what uh, even the magnitude of Samways was. Like, good things is cool, but, like, you look at what all the other countries are getting, and it's just nothing. Yeah, but I mean, we've we've got to be really fucking happy with what we have. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I mean, like, like how we're many losing... years did we have nothing? Oh, bro! Like, I mean, how many years have we still got nothing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yes, Unify is good, but it stays in one spot. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere. So technically, we don't have anything. Yeah. Download was download is great, but again, it's only in two locations. And so... the lineups are pretty piss poor compared to what. The other downloads yeah, are. and I don't, I don't fucking get that. Like you have, it's the fucking name alone. Like mm-hmm. they're selling tickets. Correct me if I'm wrong. They sold tickets both years at nearly two hundred dollars. Yeah, for fucking both years, right? Mm-hmm. How the fuck are you gonna charge two hundred dollars and not give me fucking like proper headlines? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I get it. Corn Deftones, fucking sick. I yep. don't want them headlining my festival, motherfucker. No. <laughs> Who the fuck? I don't want to see Deftones open up for corn. If I wanted to do that, I'd go and pay for a fucking Deftones show. They'd probably have some corn cover band open for me. <laughs> any, any new metalcore band? Literally? Oh, li- literally, bro. <laughs> fucking Jesus. But if we're going to talk about memorable shows now, I'd probably have to say, I mean, I think the first time I saw Parkway River Stage was fucking mind-blowing and this was like right as they started doing their pyros and light shows and stuff yeah it was Aya it was the year they dropped Aya and I me and a couple of mates we fucking dropped so much acid on the train ride there like we'd gotten we literally had three tabs at fucking Glasshouse Mountains and we were freaking the fuck out before we got the Petrie and there was still another like 30 minutes yeah. on that train. Right? So like even getting to like QT and like just fucking rolling around in the grass and shit, phenomenal. You get in there, <laughs> even even more Thy art start, then kill yeah, switch. Well, who was it? It was 2015. So Memphis May Fire, The Word Alive, and Thy Art is Murder opened for Parkway yeah. Drive. And I remember losing my fucking mind at the Mem- at Memphis <laughs> Fire alone. And I will still probably re- recommend, or not recommend, but I'll probably still say that they had the one of the better sets at that show. Mm-hmm. Memphis fucking killed it. And they played so many songs from fucking... Um, what's that fucking album? It's one from 2010, the only yeah. good album they have. They played so many songs from that album. And, oh, bro, I cried. I cried. The opening riff for the sinner come on. Oh, mm. get fucked. So good. And that was um, also the the, the sleepwalking fucking... album or the hollow. 
The Hollow. The Hollow. Yeah, so it was twenty eleven. Yeah, that's uh, it was twenty eleven. Okay, I was trying I to think like what. Yeah, thank fuck you did that. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking good. The The Word Alive, Memphis, Die Art, Parkway, and that fucking the the opening song. I think it was Destroyer. Mm. Holy fuck, bro! When when the curtain dropped and the fucking flames yeah. went up. Holy shit, you could smell burnt hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is when they were first so starting much. to do it. And I was seeing a few interviews. They said they got used to get burnt all the time because they just were not used to it and were not. Yeah, ready. bro. I smelled fucking burnt hair or everywhere, bro. It was fucking nuts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, burnt burnt hair and fucking just sweat. One of the most memorable shows, I reckon. Yeah. That was fucked. Because I think I'd just, I'd just come back from a broken collarbone. Like, <laughs> got out of the sling like a week or two before yeah. that show. And ended up cracking my collarbone more at that show. So, thanks, Parkway. Appreciate mm, that. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Love it. Um, He's thinking. Yeah, it's tough. Like... So many good sets I'd seen at festivals. Um, I remember seeing Avenged Sevenfold of All Bands play Soundwave Festival 2014. And their pyrotechnic show was sick. Like they had flames the whole time. They had an awesome like backdrop, all the stuff set up. It was sick. They were really good live. Um, the Foo Fighters are always wicked live. I've seen them twice. Both times yeah. played like two hour sets. Uh, Tenacious D opened for them one time. Bring Me the Horizon got wicked shows there and just constantly getting better as well, adding in just nuts lights. Um, hmm. But one like think? proper show. Just thinking, trying to think of like one actual like show show rather than like a, just a festival set. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> like, I'd probably have to go back through like my phone. Oh, Architects, when they Ooh. were touring All Our Gods and Ocean Grove opened after they had just yeah. released the Rhapsody tapes, because I think that was my favorite album of that year. I mm-hmm. dreamed it so much, and they were wicked live. And so were Architects. I think that might have. Have to be one of the most memorable. It was just so good. Going back to light shows, I think the most visually intense I went to was fucking Meshuggah. I was going to say Meshuggah, yeah, dude. They have like a permanent dude now that literally just does their shows and he does it on like a keyboard. Like it's so fucked up. I did ask yeah. for that show too. And I remember being at the in the bathroom for the Tivoli in between thy art and my sugar i just thought holy fuck <laughs> this, this is just not gonna end well and then they fucking opened up Open. with the violent sleep of reason and yeah. there was just so many fucking flashing yeah. lights coming straight past my head i'm just, i don't think i moved for a good 15 minutes <laughs> trying not to fucking, die bro my brain was fucking melting man like, <laughs> but i mean besides the acid like uh, they they would still have to have been one of the most visually intense shows mm-hmm. I went to. I mean, 
there have been some international bands that I've seen that have been on smaller like stages, so they can't really do what they yeah. normally do. So I think Meshuggah getting that stage to do that on, they'll always be like the pinnacle for me. Yeah. And considering how like shit the crowd is, like it's that rock. Just old me, dudes, like, yeah. Like you can't fucking throw elbows. I got dragged out of the pit three times. <laughs> fucking standing in the pit just trying to fucking shuffle it. <laughs> um, two step. Oh, man. We out here. We're trying to show the old people how to vibe, bro. But they just <laughs> out here sitting down in that fucking retirement chair. Just being like, hey, Drinking man, their VB. Stop, stop that young shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking goddamn hooligans. But yeah, and... Uh, probably probably a day to remember actually. I was about to say that a day to remember amazing live show. When they were at River Stage though. Yeah, I didn't get to see them then. With yeah, uh the Amity like... Affliction on the big ass tour. I didn't see them there either. Oh real? I, yeah, because I'm sure we've had this conversation. It was the year that um of mice and men were supposed to come, but Austin had all those uh, health issues that yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. They replaced them with issues. Yeah. Oof. I've finally gotten around in issues, but fucking hell, man. That was one <laughs> tedious show, bro. That was one tedious that. fucking show. Because, like, I mean, it, issues were fucking... It was sweet because issues open. But mm-hmm. then they... Like, it was tonight alive after them. Yeah. So it was just like, this is so weird. Because tonight alive are not heavy. No. And issues were... Issues were. <laughs> like, they were very heavy. And... I don't know. Like all the fucking weirdos were there. I I couldn't do that again. No. <laughs> you know, a dad remember a sick live. Anytime oh, I like watched a video of them open with second sucks and they do like the, let's go ready to rumble. And then like it kicks in <laughs> yeah. bro. And the like, CO2 cannons go off. That's nuts. And it just makes me want to start throwing elbows, dude. Bro, fuck. I still watch the downfall of this old video that I caught yeah. in the middle of the fucking pit, bro. It was so hard to film that <laughs> purely for the fact that like I was getting smashed. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. It was so good. Fuck me dead. But speaking of really good shows, what would be hmm, what would be one band that isn't around that you would like to see? Or one band that just barely comes to us that you would love to see? Um, rarely comes, I want to say Black Tongue. Just from all the things I've heard about how incredible Alex's stage persona is and how intense the entire show is as well. Mm-hmm. Black Tongue, I think, would have to be up there. I also really want to see Periphery, though. I didn't get a chance to see them last time. And I know it's going to be a long time until they come back. Maybe even the next album cycle. I can't see them coming back anytime soon. No, they probably won't come back anytime soon. No. Even the last time they were in Australia before their headline tour was Soundwave in 2012. Mm-hmm. So like... They're overdue now, and they should be here now, but obviously COVID can't really yeah. help that. Plus, Misha's gone on multiple records and said that pretty much flying anywhere past Europe is just no money made. Yeah. He's and got Lamborghinis every- and Porsches to pay for now, man. He can't be touring these tiny-ass countries. 
Yeah, well, you know what? Stop buying fucking Porsche. <laughs> Stop buying Lamborghinis and fucking come to Australia. <laughs> yeah, pretty Buy selfish, Misha. Pretty selfish. Yeah, bro. Fucking oath dog. I'm fucking sick of this fucking mistreatment, bro. We keep tagging you and gent shit posting memes, bro. <laughs> yeah, keep tagging you until you fucking answer. <laughs> I'm going to tag you and Jared Dines. Fuck the both of you. <laughs> bro, Dines is a wanker, but I love him so much, eh? Oh, I don't follow him the other day. <laughs> I don't follow him for that. that. <laughs> I don't want to follow him at all. Like, watch his YouTube videos and they're just enough for me, bro. I couldn't imagine seeing his fucking content yeah. come up in my feed every day. <laughs> Fuck me. And I'm going to cheat here a little bit and I'm going to say um, Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm. They were so fucking good the first and last time I got to yeah. see them. If I don't know. They, I mean, they've... They've all said they'd be on the point of coming back. I call bullshit. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon maybe by the 10 year of breaking up, maybe, maybe they'll come out and fucking just slam our heads in for another couple hours. Yeah, do a reunion tour. Just like a I one off. Love, I would love to see that and I would love them to fucking do a world tour too. Yeah. Because, man. Fuck me. Even Mackenzie walked out of that show going like, holy shit, that was one of the greatest things ever. And now that Max Watts isn't around, they can go and find a better venue so they can climb shit. Fuck. Such a good show, man. If if they ever decided to do it again, I would fucking be there for it. Same with My Chemical Romance. Yeah, I was going to say them. I guess they Um, are back. Yeah, they are, but are they really... Mm, yeah <laughs> like they, what they play they like going, four shows before everything got cancelled like they were going to tour and I mean I surely they just make an album yeah I mean Gerard right. is doing his stuff with Umbrella Academy and stuff I'm sure he'd much rather be doing that yeah no, so he'd much rather be doing it to the point where he's like fuck but buddies, let's go and announce a reunion <laughs> tour around the world. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic about My Chemical Romance mm. um, joining up again and dropping an album. I feel like they, if there's any band that's going to do it, it would be them, 100. percent mm. And I feel like all their side projects are just shit anyway. Yeah. But that's just me anyway. My Chemical Romance, please come back. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> I miss you, baby. Please come back. Oh, <laughs> I love you and I miss you. Bring <laughs> the horizon. Now, they dropped, they dropped, I'm not calling an album. Yeah, I was going to say, what do we call it? It's, I, I've started calling it a mixtape. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's too long to be an EP. Yeah. It's going to be an EP and it's just not the length of an album. I'm not calling it an album. <laughs> mm. But um, let's get your thoughts off the rip. I was very, I didn't have high standards coming into this. I didn't know, like hearing Parasite Eve, I was super keen for. Hearing Ludens, I was super keen for. And then they dropped Obey with Youngblood. And I was like, okay, I knew it was uh-huh. too good to be true. They got <laughs> fucking Youngblood on a song. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I felt like Dear Diary is probably my favorite 
track on the album. It was perfect way to open. Um, I love when Ollie does that sort of weird as if he's talking to you rather than singing the song. Like when he mentions like uh, he tells his dog to shut up and stuff. I think that that's great. It's, it really adds to it. Um, His fucking screams sound great. Cause I've, the last two times I've seen them, he like, they weren't screaming in albums, but he was doing them great live. And he was like, Oh, he can't scream. Oh, he can't scream. I was like, you need to go see them. Cause he can. And he came out and dropped this and it was really nice to see. Um, I feel like this is where they need to be sound wise. They've, mm-hmm. they've had their fun with ammo and that spirit. I feel like this is what they need to be doing. They can still do the weird pop stuff with weird electro elements, but still remain somewhat heavy. I feel like this is the perfect in between for them. Ah, uh, yeah, young blood can still eat my ass. <laughs> um, it's weird. I've really done a full one eighty on that baby metal track, Kingslayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight up, like, I'm not a fan of baby metal. It, it's dude for it's stuff for dudes with neck beards and that have the anime dolls that they fuck. But it was cool. It was fun that. The, like the nine bit, the eight bit kind of sound they had going through it was cool. It was a really fun song. It, it, kind of, it just was like the opening to an anime series. It was really fun. I, I did full 180 on it and I, I blast that shit now. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed the album. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, not really a fan of the Young Blood track. And there was maybe one other I just didn't really enjoy. It might have been maybe one the last. One. Yeah, one by one with Nova Twins. Yeah. Not a fan <laughs> of that one either. Facts. I feel it. You um have you come to a conclusion on a final score? Um if we include the singles as like a part of the album, even though they were released so long ago, I'm gonna give it a good four out of five. I really enjoyed it. And I love both of those singles, but I've just kind of overplayed them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like knowing how much I enjoyed them when I heard them, I'm going to take that into it and give it a four. It was a good release. Well done, boys. Yeah, well, personally for me, like the most, <clears throat> this is probably the most enjoyable release of theirs since Sandpit Turtle. <laughs> and, um, you know, like the return, I guess, is exactly what it is. The return of Ollie's screamed vocals. It, um... Yeah, you know, hearing Ludens, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, you know, fucking, it, it was, it was, came out for a Death Stranding. Yeah. In in that EP, and so I was like, okay, it's just a throwaway song. Yeah. And then, and then Parasite Eve came through, and there was like layers of the script of the screams and stuff happening there. But not only that, we actually figured out that Mick Gordon was the fucking producer hmm. from that. I song. was gonna wait to bring this up until we were both kind of rated it to see what you thought about Mick Gordon and his producing and, on it. Well, look, I mean, like, I appreciate, I appreciate this, this mixtape, but I still have a lot of issues with it. Um, like, they still sound like a basic bitch pop rock band. That then mm. they're really trying so hard to be heavy, but they just can't fucking do it. So I, I think most of my gripe lays with that, especially sitting on it for so long now. Like it's nearly been out for a week. Like, 
the only thing that really stops me from like from enjoying this album from top to bottom is <clears throat> they still haven't nailed that sound for yeah. me yet. I still think they're like learning like what to do with how they sound and like Dear Diary was fucking good. Like it was one of the like easily the best song off the fucking mixtape <clears throat> and Kingslayer. Um, <laughs> mostly because they like Kingslayer first and foremost, let's just get this out of the way. It fucking slaps. I never thought for a moment I would go, okay, so I'm gonna just gonna use the power of anime to fucking just throw <laughs> down. Yes. Yeah, dude. But- it's so feel good in a way. Like you really do feel like the uh protagonist in an anime series like legit dude you're that ripped teenager and you punch literal holes through people and then hand them their heart that's what you feel like listening to it and that track gets me so fucking hyped dear diary and fucking king slayer have to be the the, the biggest highlights of the album mixtape parasite eve ludens they being the singles that i didn't really listen a lot to even listening to them on the album i'm still kind of like I think Ludens is definitely the pick out of the four singles. Youngblood yeah. can get fucked. Obey sucks. Mm-hmm. One by one by fucking Nova Twins sucks. Itch for the Cure. Nice rip off of Linkin Park. <laughs> and that song with Amy Lee, I was actually super stoked for it. But then once I'd gotten to like track seven or eight, I'd kind of realized that there was there had to be one of these songs left. Yeah. And it was a fucking very slow song. <laughs> I just didn't really get around. I feel like Amy or, or anyone that sings in a song with Ollie just pisses him out of the fucking water because Ollie can't sing. Um, <laughs> but he, he wasn't for him in that song. I feel like it would have just been boring. I'm still on the fence because, like, I, I really enjoyed listening to this album from top to bottom, but, like, I could pick the four songs that are good. Uh, teardrops can probably go into the bin to make it three out of five or three and five. Mm. Sorry, three and six. Fuck me. Don't really know. It It's probably, like, a three, a solid three for me. Um. Wherever they couldn't fit a fucking awesome guitar lick, they just let Mick Gordon go to town. And that was the next biggest gripe that I had. I love Mick Gordon. I love what he does. His production is fucking incredible. I do not like having to fucking listen to Mick Gordon when Bring Me the Horizon could have easily put something else of their own accord. Yeah. Um, Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I, th- I think if I keep talking about it, I'll talk myself out of it, but it's a three. <laughs> nice. I would like to see another album, like a proper album. Would sound yeah, like, a proper album. If they keep going down this route. I feel, I feel like, like we're going to get another EP before we get an album from them, like another little weird EP. I hope so. If it's, Just because be they're going back piece, into lockdown. Oh, are they? Yeah, England's going back into oh, lockdown. Fuck. So I imagine that they're just going to go back to just doing maybe three tracks. We'll get maybe four if we're lucky. Well, 
Let's hope we're lucky. Mm. All right, even if it's a companion piece to this, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Maybe some B sides if they have any. I feel like they would have some fucking B sides, bro. Provided they they're good. Kidding, they are kidding us if they're going to tell mm. us they don't have B sides, you know. Especially with fucking oh, Mick Gordon's the man. No wonder why it took him so fucking long to do Doom <laughs> Eternal. Yeah, he's huh? too busy with these boys. Fucking Jesus Christ. Fuck, we might. <clears throat> um, the next thing I want to um, quickly jump off into, um, I had to write something down before I lost my train of thought so I could bring it up at the end of the show. Diana's Murder have been on a fucking roll recently, haven't they? With mm. releasing singles in between album cycles. Yeah. Singles that are arguably better than, than anything off the, the album. Songs. Yeah. <clears throat> So um, where do you stand with the killing season? I remember when um, you sent it to me, you, I thought you were pretty pretty well responded on it. Yeah. Has I, that changed? No, I still am. I think it's better than everything off Human Target. It has almost a little bit more of their old sound. I thought both of the breakdowns were sick, but it is still the art I've come to expect now, that more almost death metal sort of storytelling sound they're going for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say it. I don't think they need to continue going to Will Putney to produce their music. I think they've no. become stale. They're, they've found their sound. They know it works and they're just going to keep doing it. I think Will mixes CJ too high and he needs to let, they need to go let like Andy and the boys go write their own riffs, write something new, write something interesting. I think they need to go and kind of find a way to sit in between like hate, holy war and dear desolation and kind of mix all the sounds together, the, the brutality on hate, the darkness on uh, holy war, and then that sort of more death metal riffy stuff from uh, dear desolation and almost like throw in a blackened element like what Lorna Shore have been doing. And what we seem to be going to get from the new Chelsea Grin record. I think CJ has some incredible vocals. He can do some gnarly highs. He's got some stupid lows. And I think they can do more of this sort of black and storytelling sort of thing and have that brutality from hate still. I think they need to take a new step in a direction and write some new music and go away from Will, go somewhere else. I don't know how much input Will actually has in the, in the music scene for Viart though does he have a bit yeah a fair bit really he do, he pretty much does all the lyrics with cj if not mo- more most of the lyrics a uh, fair bit of the riffs as well with andy i think like well, he, he plays a huge part wrong. in it correct, correct me if i'm wrong but will does a lot of the writing process for fit for an autopsy anyway doesn't yeah he? i feel like that's the thing though he wants to hold all the good stuff back for his own band well, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, exactly right. And that's why I think they need to go elsewhere because Thy Art and Fit are so similar. Yeah, I feel I like get you now. For a while now, Fit for an Autopsy have been better. Since the Great Collapse, Fit for an Autopsy have been better than Thy Art is Murder. <laughs> They've been killing it. Both records have been amazing, I think. Yeah, it's pretty arguable, but I'll definitely agree that I would much rather listen to new... Well, the fit for an autopsy now as opposed to whatever diehard has dropped now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he's always going to do that, that, especially with both bands being so similar and or pretty much always having the same tour schedule, same tour packages. He's going to hold on to the best stuff for his own bands. 
Yeah, and you and you've really got to, I suppose. Uh, yeah, you, you, I wouldn't say that's him being rude or anything. It's it's just going to happen. But yeah, I think Thy Art is too comfortable. They need to try something new. Go evil. Yeah, well, I think that I personally think they need to as well. I think um, <clears throat> this track did grow on me. Um, pardon me. I've bumped this track more times and I've bumped the entire fucking human <laughs> target. Yeah. Um, but what what brought me around on this on this song was more of the fact that it actually sounded more like what they used to do. Yeah. Like they were back in their fucking element and they were just ready to go straight for the jugular. Yeah. And that's always been the thing with Die Art more recently, you know, like they, they can do it. You know, they can do it. They've mm-hmm. done it before. They'll do it again, but they'll do it again. Once they drop 10 to 11 tracks every two years yeah. and just shit. I feel like this track is more for the fans than anything else. I feel like it's more for the people who have stuck around the longest and <laughs> they're like, Hey, here's something that you've been waiting for. How he will give you this to hold on to. Like I'm still waiting for them to go fuck it and fucking like remaster the adversary or something. Mm-hmm. Like um that's that's where I'm at with Thy Art mm-hmm. Sound now. I, I feel like it, again, it is like what you said, it is very boring sounding. Mm. Um especially considering, you know, they kind of just going with the same sound that they've had for the last couple of albums and it's not really getting any different and it's not really getting any better. No, yeah. Um, but easily probably one of the heaviest tracks ever released in like fucking three years, maybe four. Yeah, maybe since and Death Deception. Maybe. <laughs> Which was the no, other beat the other one. I, did, I don't rate Death Deception anywhere near as really? much as like No Absolution. Oh, yeah, no. This. No like, Absolution is sick. No Absolution has to be one of the fucking best singles that ever released. Has to be. Has to be. So fucking good. But I, I'm happy to sit on this one and give it like a three as well. Yeah. Feel it because like it's not a bad song, but it's not anything great either. And exactly if, right. it's, if it's better than Human Target, I'll fucking take it. But <laughs> I mean, like fucking holy war is better than human target and hey, holy war shit no it's not there are some <laughs> rages on that album the, yeah but rages. you know what the, the best song of holy war is a fucking bonus track and you cannot get that bonus track unless you buy the physical so <laughs> that whole album can go in the fucking bin ah uh, that's agree to disagree Coffin Dragger, yes. Burn Claw. Yes. Blech. That's it. The way that song, song opens, man. Oh. So, and like, the fact I mean, they've added it back to the set list as well. Like there's yeah. there's like, if you want to include the fucking, the bonus track out of 11 songs, there's like four tops. That's a, that's a bin, that's a bin album. No, I'll, me, ba- anyway. I'll bang the whole album. <sighs> You just can't win them all, can you? <laughs> As I said, um, agree to disagree. <laughs> and he- here's something we could probably agree and disagree with. Um, victims and falsifier. Falsifier. 
They dropped a Yeah, they dropped a split EP. Now, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that you were like me and you kind of got onto the falsifier train when Alex was posting snaps and, uh, dude, this fucking band is sick. Get around them now. Yeah, I saw everyone posting stuff about the falsifier stuff more to do so with this release. Yeah. And that's why. Because I, um, I didn't even realize it was a split to begin with. And I just went straight to the um, the dog eat dog track. I went straight to that. And then it wasn't until a little bit later I realized it was a split and there were two different bands. Yeah. And that's like the unfortunate thing with splits too. Like you can, mm. it's either, it either literally goes one way, one or two ways. And both bands either suck or one band just absolutely outshines the other one. And I feel like Falsifier absolutely blew victims out yeah. of the water. Hey, like, but I was going to say the same, but not due to victims being bad. No. It was no, just no. that Falsifier was so good. And for me too, I mean, I listened to a bit of victims before this split. Like they, they are good, but when they were coming up against, I mean, I never listened to Falsifier. So when they were coming up against like, I don't know, in hindsight now, a band like this, it, it, I think it was really hard for them to be better. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's a matter of one band being better and, you know, listen to this side of the split because it's better than that one <laughs> but by this margin. Because they're both still really good. I just feel like Victims is definitely more boring in their three songs than... Yeah, they're falsifier in their three songs. I feel like the victims were the same thing, just three times over as well. Like it was all yeah, really like good, I, but I heard one and I heard it all. Yeah, like I literally was about to say, like you hear one, you hear the first track, you, you've heard two, track two and three. You can skip to track yeah. four when falsifier starts. Some of their riffs though were pretty stank face worthy. This they had a really nice guitar tone as well. I felt. Like yeah. they've got a lot of uh, room for expansion, almost a lot of like room to grow and really become their own thing. Because everything about it was really good. They've just got to f- find the magic now to create something great. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, I don't really think Victims have dropped like a full length album. I think whenever I've looked at their stuff, it's just been EPs and they've been balls to the wall, like full of brutality yeah. and stuff, but they haven't really progressed for me. Yeah. So I don't know for hearing a new band in falsifier. I was like fucking dope. <clears throat> like the gufferals on this fucking oh, man. man. Insane. Oh, man. Like dog eat dog. Has yeah, to have dude. Some <laughs> of the most disgusting fucking vocals I've heard this year. And, and so Lord many Short good lines as well. Oh, bro. Like this, I, this is the reason why I listen to the fucking beatdown hardcore now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I fucking rate Falsifier, the, the yeah. riffs, the fucking... Everything the about the it. Drums. Not only that, <clears throat> no, they obviously... It almost has like slam sections in it as well. Like it does get yes. quite slammy with those just really guttural slam vocals over the top of just some intense oh. drumming. Like I was going to say as well, I find it even hard, more so for Falsifier, but both to narrow it down into say one category, like genre of music. Cause they both have that sort oh, of like man. metallic hardcore 
sound, but with that modern metalcore gent tone and riffing. Yeah. And like, yeah, victims. I mean, sorry, Volsifier, that slams and dog eat dog. Yeah, like I, it, I don't know what to call them. Like, if I was to tell them some of them, like, oh, what do they sound like? I'd be like, uh, just listen to it. it <laughs> Put it on, <laughs> make up your own mind. Like, it, it's <laughs> too hard. It's not, you can't say they're a deathcore band, they're a metalcore band. Like, if they're there in that sort of like new, almost have a, like that new metalcore sound as well. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, it's that. tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. But yeah, I wanted to mention that too because it is a great listen. It's got a bit of everything. Like I feel like pretty much everyone from different walks of heavy music can grab something from it and oh, definitely sure. watch the space. Falsify got some bangers coming out. I reckon. Oh, fucking oath. <clears throat> I think um, I'm going to split my score in two here and I'm going to give Falsify a four. I'm going to give victims a fucking uh, very light three. Yeah, probably probably more of a two to be. Yeah, honest. I was gonna say a four and a two for me, just because feel, yeah. of the repetitiveness of it. Like it wasn't bad. It was I heard one, I heard it all, and um, I think that's maybe not what the best thing to do is, especially when you only have three tracks on the split. Like show some versatility. Show show me the fucking music. Do something boy. new. Show me yeah. What <clears throat> like the die art acacia strain fit split, fit yes. and die art really went different like fit went for the what they're pretty much doing now and then Thyar did probably their most melodic track ever so that was definitely yeah, the place perhaps. to do it as well i feel like that's what these sort of splits are for try things that you may not normally try on an album see what the reception is yeah legit but i also i mean pretty hard to bring up um Thyar, like the hmm. depression sessions in as like an example because i feel like that was more of a farewell for cj yeah than anything else and i think also too for the most part ended up being a covers album but i think (laughs) that kind of leans into what you were saying is like Mm. they just jumped into the studio and did something different like i don't rate any cover of black hole sun and i am (laughs) certainly not listening to fucking acacia strange cover Like that was fucking dreadful. The fact mm. that that someone in that band decided, hey, you know, let's go make a dead person roll around in his fucking grave. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't sit well with that. But no, fucking hell, like do harsh, do harsh, and fucking the perfect drug, dude. Mm. Uh, I could talk about that fucking EP for so oh, long. I love it. I think no. they need to do it again. I think so too, but. I, th- I think what they should do, right, and bit of bit of an idea, four tracks, a new track from each band with the third track, with the fourth track, sorry, being all three fucking bands. Hmm. They're making one in, super long song, you reckon? Like some fucking 14, 15 some minute Jesus song. Some Jesus of Suburbia shit. Like I... Oh. Dude, imagine if they did. Because they two are a lot together as well. Yeah, they do. The thing um, is, I they mean, could play it. Yes, and but here's the thing too, and like I'm sure, like you've probably, I mean, I've checked set lists a lot, and I don't know whether you actually noticed it or not, but like they are obviously aren't going to play. They will. Um, they will know another. They will know another. There's no way they'll ever play that because that was CJ's departing song, right? But like. Fit play flatlining all the time, yeah. 
And and it's a fucking rage out. Dude, and I swear to Christ, if Acacia Strain decided to just fucking play that song, <laughs> like Dude. it's a, it's such a slow burning mm-hmm. fucking slog. But once you're finally out of the fucking sludge and you finally get home to turn the light on, it's too late. You know what I mean, bro? That light, yeah, insensitive deprivation. Fucking... Yeah, dude. Don't leave the I light love... on. I'm not coming I'm never home. Coming home. Oh, fuck, bro. Dude. Fucking such a good line. Oh, fuck. And literally, but though, by the out, by the end it, of that song, yeah. you literally feel like you're fucking. You go to turn the light on, and there's just mm-hmm. nothing there. It's it's such a Still fucking black, eerie. Yeah. Oh, bro, such an eerie it, feeling for, like a, for It'll be up there with one of my favorite Acacia Strain songs, but I love it. Oh, it's so legit. good. So fucking Just the good. angst in, his, in Vincent's voice as well, man. And one of his most raw songs, I reckon. He went in. Fucking oath. Can't deny him that. Do I still need to see them live? Fuck moy. Yeah, you missed um, out when they play with Kublai Khan. <laughs> okay now this is going to be some really fucking good discussion because there have been there's already been one instance tonight where where one of us have gone oh yep that one he's finally done it um a band for me just segueing into the next possible uh, i get you i get you in the worst possible way i found <laughs> cha-cha I found real smooth dance gavin dance this year and like purely going <clears throat> off the name alone and looking at the genre they fell un- under, mm-hmm. I was just a fucking flat out no. Swancore, like, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it was never Swancore. It was post hardcore. <laughs> and every time I see Which post is, hardcore, it it's like it's like a one and one or two things. Like it's either like fucking hands like houses, or it's yeah. like fucking like just more hardcore than post mm-hmm. and what what fucking track was it there was one one of the singles it wasn't pr- it, I don't think it was the, prisoner, prisoner was the first was, one so it was, we're in the second prisoner one was one of the songs that i <clears throat> did kind of fuck with out of the singles. yeah so prisoner this- came first and then it was um i think it's like the fourth track it was um it wasn't Three Wishes. Was it Strawberry's Wake? It sounds about right. Yeah, Strawberry's, Strawberry's Wake. Wake. <clears throat> yeah, Strawberry's Wake fucked hard. And um, once wrapped around the singles and kind of got into the album, I think the first thing I said to Bailey was, what the fuck have I been doing <laughs> for this entire period of my life? Like, I missed out on so much mm. of the fucking the Weedly Weedlies and the, yeah. the goddamns. <clears throat> like, I... I'm pretty pretty much fucking infatuated with that band. And currently as fans, they are still my most listened to band of this year. Wow. By like 10 hours. Yeah. And they just do something else, man. Just the, the how stupid some of the lyrics are as well. Oh, like, man. I don't know if you've gone around and listened to Secret Band, which is essentially yep. the same band just without Tillian. And some of the lyrics in that are fantastic as well. Yeah, bro. Secret Band fucks so hard because yeah. it's like, that's what I would have like if I was thinking of dance game yeah, dance yeah, and with got just that. a just a narrow mind. Like I, if that's that's if that's what dance game and dance sound like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I wish dance game and dance sound like secret band. 
Oh, I love I Jillian's vocals, though. I love yeah, Jillian. Yeah, I do. I do on the album. Whenever I hear him live, he sounds fucking boring, but I've only heard recordings. Mm. So boring is the wrong word to use. He sounds very lackluster compared to other clean vocalists who can still do yeah, everything yeah. themselves live. Like it, like Rue Reynolds from fucking Enter Shikari. Mm-hmm. He sounds so fucking one-dimensional on his albums because he's fucking British. Yeah. But he <laughs> will carry that fucking voice and that energy directly from the album to the stage. <clears throat> but I suppose for someone like Tillian, who has such incredible vocals, that it would be so fucking hard to replicate even for himself. Um, you know, the live performances are not really going to be the best for that. Oh, right? I thought he was great when I saw him, but yeah, I fully understand what you're saying. Like, I, don't know. I think you, you think you need a good recording as well of him. Um, there's a couple from the Vans Warp tour from not that long ago. Some of them aren't too bad. I think it depends what song you listen to. I think the one for summertime gladness is quite good. So maybe give that one a whirl. <laughs> Yeah, that song fucks too. I'd be happy to listen to that all day. And um, there was another another huge one that kind of popped up. Oh, it was fucking Buried Alive. <laughs> Talked buried about Alive. last night. Yeah, we did talk about last night, but no, 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 for different podcasts, we'll bring it up again. So I was at a Straight From The Path concert and um, me and my mate, going into the pit, I bumped into one of these, you know, vertically challenged guys, and his <laughs> friends. Bit of an altercation kind of spewed out. And I, the one thing I took away from it was his shirt that he was wearing. And it was like a berry getting chopped in half, like a fucking sore or something. And it just said buried alive. I'm like, okay, well, that's fucking cool. I like that. And didn't really get around to buried you know, Charles Caswell and Kelly Caswell. I think her name I think is. So. Um, I didn't get around to their stuff until fucking maybe a couple of weeks after it when I realized that it was an actual fucking band. And <laughs> my God, they are so fucking good. The biggest power couple in all of metal, yeah. I swear to Christ. Like if she, Charles has such a fucking great mind when it comes to improv. Like in, in not even improv. It's some of the riffs that he comes up with in these songs are just fucking like, yeah. insane. Like you, you watch a video of him performing the song, and he is doing so many things with every single one of his fingers. Like it's fucked. Like I, I can only sit back and just go, "Holy shit!" Like how does yeah, one man have bonkers. so much fucking talent? He sings, he screams, he fucking produces, he mixes. The whole, everything he does, he does it himself, except for whatever his wife does, which is like the bass guitar and like the social media shit. So uh, they're pretty phenomenal, man. I Mm -hmm. fucking, I rate the fuck out of Buried Alive. And more than just like a really good meme band, they are Hmm. a really good band, period. Yeah, just full stop. Like I... I understand they're an internet band. They don't fucking tour. It'd be pretty hard for one man to pay like <laughs> so many people to fucking come and do his shit yeah. for him. But um, man, I'm happy just listening to albums because it's literally just quality. It's just more and more of the highest quality stuff coming out all the time from him. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's 100% a perk for being an okay. internet band. 
Oh, for sure. It's just I that. mean, you, you get away with so, being able to do so much more. Mm-hmm. You know? you know, all you got to worry about is whether your fucking merch dropped or fucking yeah. what your next single is that you have because you haven't dropped one in like three weeks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, th- I think Dance Gavin Dance and Buried Alive for me are probably the two bands that I've discovered this year and listened the most mm-hmm. of. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that pops to mind, but yeah, the two biggest ones for sure. Yeah, both great bands too. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude. So fucking good. I think Surely me, like, you'd have a few bands too. Yeah, I mentioned uh, before Counterparts, like I never had been really into big into the hardcore because mainly because everything hardcore I'd heard was more like punk hardcore, just really fast, not a whole lot of technicality to it. And then like, I'd heard counterparts here or there, but nothing had really grabbed me. So I, I've got right into them this year. I remember seeing the drum cover, well, not the drum cover, but the drum playthrough for um, what was it? It would have been one of the new songs, yeah. Yeah, it was off the um private room, our uh, monument. So I remember seeing the drum cam for monument. And the just the one liner, just like the put the fucking bullet in my brain. Oh, and how intense that was! And I just went fuck it. I went and put that on, and then I, I tend to lean more back towards the old, the two older albums as well, like the ones right before yeah. that single. But um, recently this year, I found through another podcast, the heaviest. So shout out to the boys, Sonny and Gary, for putting me onto bands like Rivers of Nihil, their album from I think it was twenty. 18 where owls know my name Green. is fucking incredible yeah that um, album fucked really hard as well as he is legend the album white bat i think i would have to, i can't remember what else dropped in 2018 but without a doubt that is top th- oh sorry 2019 so last year without a doubt top three and maybe that periphery and something else. But I have not stopped listening to White Bat by He Is Legend. It's got like sassy, southerny sort of like hard rock sounds. He's got a great singing voice on him as well as a sick scream. And they do so much on the album as well. It's 11 tracks and 42 minutes of just fucking gold. Five out of five for that album. Um, what other bands have I really found and loved? There's a couple like um, just seeing sort of one song here and there, finding cool new little bands. Um, Zilanada. Yeah, you've been fucking crapping on about them for ages. So good. It's so weird and there's so much going on. And also um, Kaunashi, I found through them as well and I ended up showing you. And I know you loved that that EP as much as I did, if not more. Yeah, it fucking slaps. So Karen Ash yeah, is sick too. If you so haven't good. heard that, go listen to it. Um, the EP is called Why Did You Do It? Yeah, so that's what I've been listening to, like aside from my normal stuff. Like obviously I hear something cool here and there and I'll I'll vibe that. Like, there's been some great releases this year. Been a shitty year, but great for music. Fuck, I think there was um I don't know if I found it at the start of this year at the end of last year i lean more towards last year but for one reason or another i think i found them this year um bound in fear yeah 
last year. They fucking crushed so hard. And I just needed a moment to fucking talk about it because that fucking Hand of Violence album is bullshit. (laughs) There is no fucking, like, there is no right for that album to be so disgusting. Mm -hmm. You know, there is so much fucking just... If you wanted to sound, if you wanted to like hear what it sounded like when shit hit the fucking fan at 120 miles an hour, but it wasn't just one handful of shit. Mm -hmm. It was a constant bag of shit just going everywhere. That's pretty much exactly what you'd fucking expect from like hand of violence. It it literally goes everywhere and there's nothing spared. Like you could fucking start off one song and you go into the next song battered and fucking bruised before you go into the next song <laughs> you, you gotta go in just to, yeah they just they don't let up from track one to fucking track 10 it's just unrelenting fucking brutality yeah and that's got to be an album that someone has to listen to <laughs> it'll kick it. you in the dick and then while you're down walk around and just then boot you in the face Oh, bro, it's spitting on you and calling your names the entire time too. Like, and it it's might not go and take your sandwich it. off the table and eat it in front of you while you're on the ground in pain. Oh, dude, it's gonna fucking rummage through your fucking like your cupboards and take all your Nutella. And, <laughs> man, it, might just even not... shit in there and just not even eat it. Just put it back. Stir it in. Fuck, that'd really fuck someone's day up, wouldn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking yuck, dude. But um. <clears throat> Also, Darko US. I mean, like, they yeah. obviously come out this year, but I feel like they're a bit of a shout-out as well. I feel like it's the best that Ambure has ever sounded since they, like, became a band. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. <laughs> and uh, Tom Barber is just fucking stupid. He is like, the man. His, his vocal work is fucking crazy. I feel like that was sort of the standout for me on that. I Like, I remember talking to you about it when it dropped. I feel like the album is overproduced and i think that's just straight up coming from like the amua side of things it's overproduced yep. the drums sound like they're played by a robot i that was my biggest letdown with the album there were some sick tracks on there i think insects is still my favorite of theirs but yeah tom barber is the man and i think it got me more keen for this next chelsea grid release than more than anything yeah for sure because like they are gonna have some fucking brutal yeah, shit coming dude. through Pablo on the drums, man. He's an animal. He hits oh, hard, bro. He's a fucking beast. Honestly, bro. Fuck me. I can't get enough of Chelsea Green, honestly. Yeah, man. But fuck. Like, since the whole changing of vocalists, man, I... The only album I will listen to from Chelsea Green, like, unironically, is fucking My Damnation. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is about that fucking album. It sounds like shit. It does, but it's so good. good. (laughs) It's so good. Like I the title track, bro. Oh my. Oh fuck me. And the song with fucking Phil Bozeman, dude, get fucked, bro. Oh, he has such a he has such a boring basic part in the song, (laughs) but it doesn't fucking matter because he's just so good. Yeah. I think I can fault anything that fucking Phil or even Whitechapel Mm -hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark of the Blade was pretty bad. Yeah, that last release was incredible. The Valley, oh my! Oh, the Valley's so fucking good. But 
Stop doing fucking acoustic songs, Whitechapel. I don't want to hear acoustic songs, Whitechapel. <laughs> just, just fucking, just give me, just give me the death metal, the death core. Give it to me. Don't fuck around. I want it all. I appreciate the acoustic stuff, man, but fuck me dead, dude. I just put it on a separate release. Yes, bro. They fucking totally could just drop an acoustic EP and yeah. have all the fucking fans, please. <clears throat> man, at least I'm doing what Opus have done and uh, just totally uh, become uh, like a fucking like yeah, butt rock band. Holy shit. Like, if there's any transition from one genre to another that I'm just not fucking happy about, it's Opus. <laughs> Gone from prog lords to bog lords. Dude, legit. <laughs> fucking hell. In saying that, though, like, their new stuff isn't bad, but, like, if you yeah. want, like, you want real music, you want, like, prog at its fucking, like, pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You'll go and listen to Opeth and you'll go and listen to fucking Watershed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, one last thing before we fucking kick it and rip it, because I feel like it was a little too hard to talk about it again on the other podcast. Fucking Ghost Mane and that album. Yeah, it was dope. It was... I, um, it was really nice to hear. Yeah, I think we mentioned briefly, considering how poor that Suicide Boys album was. And Scarlord as well hasn't really released anything that's been solid the whole way through. It's been big, big songs here and there, but nothing really spectacular as a whole. So it's nice to hear something complete, pretty much. Yes. He, he murdered it. Everything about it was sick. It's definitely, I think now the pinnacle and like the where the bar has been raised to and i think everyone else is going to see that and be like yo we got to start like pulling our finger out they're just going to get left behind if suicide boys drop another band they're they're gone they're left behind yeah look and it's so sad too because suicide boys are so fucking good but i also feel like it's at a point now where you know they have set the bar so high it is literally just up for the fucking taking now. Like, especially even, you know, let's talk about like Scarlord and Ghostman. Cause I feel like out of the, out of the three people we've mentioned, these are like, these two are probably the ones you can draw the most parallels yeah. to. Um, I would probably prefer Ghostman's instrumentals. Mm-hmm. I feel like they fucking do a lot more for me in building up emotions than what Scarlord did. I feel like Scarlord, I mean, you could probably correct me more here, but I feel like Scarlord, he he just has really heavy elements in his tracks for the fucking sake of it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not really big on his stuff. I haven't, like, I didn't listen to the new album that he dropped because I didn't like the singles. I thought they were fucking lame. Yeah, no, no, don't go the new one. Not even really the one before that. Hey, like the best one I think is Doom. Yeah, was that like 2016 or something like that? Around there. Because I know there was one album where I was like, yeah, this is fucking sick. And then everything from there has just been a fucking waste of time. Yeah, pretty much like this album and before. So like the, he dropped two this year, Scar Hours and Fantasy Void. Scar Hours was all right. Nothing great. Immortalization and Infinity last year. They were like hit and miss as well. Doom was 2018. That was yeah, sick. Okay. 
And it then he had um, the one in 2017. It's probably the one you're thinking of with tracks like Death Punch, Heart Attack, King Scar, Chainsaw. Yeah, so yeah I, I don't think, really like, the, remember liking that. Yeah, I think Doom is definitely the best one. It's got like more metal in it than the others. <laughs> That's definitely his best album. If I was to show anyone Scarlet, it would be Doom. But it's still not complete as much as AI by Ghost Mainers. Oh, fucking, there's no way. There's no even think there's a comparison, really. No. And, like, I kind of knew Ghost Mane was, like, a weird fucking, like, <laughs> rapper. I had no idea, like, what sort of category he fell into. Yeah, whether so he led when... more towards a little peep emo stuff or, like, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah, Whenever I'd seen it, I got more of that little peep stuff. Yeah, than, see, than like, this. that's what I was worried about. I didn't want to, like, go in and be like, oh, Fuck me, dead. It's I got duped by another emo rapper, <laughs> but but he does the emo rap so well. Yeah, like I don't even like it doesn't even fucking like matter to me anymore because I think one of the first things that the album opens up with is fucking like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like yes, here we go, yes. baby, here we go. Fucking laying in bed at like 11:30 at night, <laughs> start fucking swinging elbows. Mackenzie's like ah, <laughs> um, no, yeah, that that thing fucking slapped and. I, I had to like bring it up again just because it's worth mentioning. I feel like it was fucking good enough to bring up once. It's good enough to bring up again. And also probably because Josh didn't really listen to it properly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, dad. Oh, fucking all well that ends well. And I think that pretty much covers us. I, um, I, th- I had something about metalcore, but we pretty much covered that at the yeah, start. Straight like, up, fucking well yeah. done to us. Yeah, I like that a lot. Work harder, not smart. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Nearly got it wrong. <laughs> you did. Good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck editing that one out. <laughs> uh, there's no editing here, brother. We're one take raw, uh, busting your bum and leave. <laughs> uh, fuck me, Dan. All right, well, that's been enough from us. We have been the heavy boys, part of the boys. I've been Brody, and that has been Bailey. Yeah, so just a quick heads up. Our next one, we'll be talking about that new Boundaries album when it drops, and I'm very keen for that. Oh, yes. Yeah, so keep, keep an eye out for this one. It's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a rager. Make Ooh, sure you yeah, listen those, to it before those fucking you come singles. and hear it with us. <laughs> Bro, those singles are fucking so Bro. good. Like, they're... They still get fucking jammed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go on at <laughs> like, the gym, like them and Kubla Khan, and I get so close to performing WWE moves on people in the gym. I get so close. Oh, so bro. close. <laughs> just just the WWE moves. people, bro. And <laughs> fucking going back to the gym. The guilty dog like, and dropping plates comes on, bro. Oh, bro. Dropping throwing plates. dumbbells across the gym. Fucking dropping plates used to be the fucking deadlift song, eh? Hey? <laughs> so good. Even the guilty dog. Oh, fuck me, dead. But also, um, wanted to throw it out there. Uh, Frontera. Need to listen to them too because they fucking slap. Well, have they dropped a new album? No, no. Oh. It was just bands that you we were talking about yeah. earlier that yeah. we found. Yeah, I needed to get it off my chest. Yeah, Frontera. Frontera. If you like slabs. that weird, mathy sort of car bomb Dillinger stuff, you'll you'll get a lot from Frontier. I feel like they're a bit more full on than a car bomb. 
Okay, that's for another episode. Yeah. I've been Brody. That's been Bailey. <laughs> We're the heavy boys. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one, cunt. Bye, Dad.